It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? No, I'm not John Barchard. I can't match what he does, but uh, uh, I'm going to do my best this week. This is John Stolness uh, sitting in for the big man, uh, giving you your week four Eagles preview show uh, with the uh, the brains of the operation, the better-looking and the multi-talented Matt Daring uh, joining me on episode 192 of BGN Radio this week. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good. You, boy, you just, I think you just teared. You just went all the way past the red and into some new color that's <laughs> as to yet undiscovered color. That was really something. Um, I, I yeah. had to reach down deep for that. I, I went down to places I didn't know I had, man. Sure. Yeah, no. So we got a big game this week coming up against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Eagles, of course, are coming off the bye week last week. Um, so uh, they are got two weeks under their belts now. Carson Wentz. Uh, it's been a while since we've had our Carson fix, so everybody's looking to see uh, the new... Uh, the new great Red Hope uh, take the field again uh, this week for the Birds. And uh, I think they get a pretty favorable matchup against the Lions this week. We'll we'll delve into a little about what's been going on with uh, with Detroit because they have hit some hard times here in the early going and uh, uh, talk about uh, talk about those guys. Um, but first, we want to talk about a little bit about the Birds. Um, obviously, there are a couple of players been in the news this week. Um, most prominently, uh, Eagles linebacker Nigel Bradham. Um, dude, what? What were you thinking, Nigel? Uh, brought a loaded gun to the airport. Um, it's possible he could face a suspension from the league. Um, he's been he's been a real good player for the Eagles this year, Matt. But you know this is the second stupid thing he's done uh, since joining the Eagles this year. Uh, what's your take on on Nigel Bradham and his? Oops, I, I forgot my gun. Uh, I have a couple of takes on this. Yeah, he's a dumbass. Um, this is the sort of thing that you hate to see happen at the bye. Um, 
you know, I guess that's sort of what these guys lay awake thinking like, oh, everyone's going home. Who knows what they're going to see? Who knows what they're going to get up to? And, you know, I think the NFL is like littered with guys who have gotten into trouble over bye weeks. It never seems to do all that well. You know, every every year you'll hear about like, oh, such and such got arrested. Such and such got into a fight. This guy, you know, uh, he shot himself in the leg, maybe, um, you know, all this stuff. This is all stuff that could happen over the bye. So uh, I guess this was ours. It seems like we've gotten off easy the last couple of times. I think the Eagles are one of the least arrested teams over the last few years and uh yeah i guess the other my other take on it is that like man i think we'd all be surprised at how often this happens i follow a couple of accounts i think that there's like a tsa account who just tweets out pictures of guns that they confiscate from people who yeah. forgot they had them and I tried to bring them into the airport yeah and they'll get like they'll get like 40 a week or something so you know i guess nigel bradham is just another statistic i don't know if you remember this but it was um Sean, what was his name? Ah, oh, he's a big, huge guy. He's a nose tackle for the Lions and for the Browns for a while. This is a few years ago. Sean, something. Somebody's out there being like, "It's Stevens. It's Stevens." Um, he got a. Uh, he got busted for this too, and I don't know if he ever actually faced any discipline. Um, but his career might have been over by then too. I don't know. Either way, this is quite the digging deep right here for a story I don't remember. But um, <laughs> yeah, what a that's a that's a real dumb thing to do. And I think Jim Schwartz said as much, didn't he? Call him a dumbass. Either way, he deserves it. Well, I think that. I mean, first, I mean, the, the worst thing I've ever forgotten at the airport, I think, has been a razor or belt or something like that. You know, and I, I'm the guy in line. That if that person five people ahead has a bottle of water in their luggage, I'm throwing my hands up like, seriously, do you ever travel? Do you, do you not know that you can't take water in? This takes it to a, to a different level. And I think the, the most disappointing thing for me is it takes away from the Nigel that we see every day, um, a good teammate, a hard worker, a trustworthy player on the field. But, hey, facts are facts. I mean, you do things. Um, you know, pretty pretty soon you're going to be labeled, and he's got a lot of ground to make up because it's not just him; it's you, you refer it's, it's the rest of us also. It's everybody that wears that helmet. Um, you know, all the people in the organization. He represents not just himself; he represents everybody, and he's got some ground to make up that way. He's got to earn some trust back. Yeah, he called him a, called it a dumbass move, and and Schwartz was saying, you know, listen, he's played well this year, and you know, in the locker room and on the field with when he's with the team, he's a he's a bright guy, and he's an energetic guy. He's you know, he's he's all about the team first, and he's played really well this year. Um, but you know, you get a reputation when you do this, and I don't think we would be looking at this quite as much as if we didn't have the cabana boy beating from earlier in the season for which he's facing a, a felony trial uh, coming up li- at, later in the season. Actually, it's probably I think in January is when is when the trial is set for. Um, but that's why we're probably we could be looking at some kind of a suspension, maybe a one or two game suspension, because you have this earlier incident and now you have this incident. And you're right. This does. I mean, you were just talking about the TSA tweet. This does happen a lot. I mean, I just I don't normally carry weapons around with me, so it seems like something that I can't I, I can't fathom forgetting that I have a loaded weapon. And I, I thought it was it was pretty interesting that you know Nigel made it a point to to make sure we all knew it wasn't cocked and loaded. You know that it, it was just loaded. It wasn't cocked or anything. Oh sure. I know that's important, but you know, I mean, I'm, I'd be very disturbed if someone had a cocked loaded weapon in their in their backpack. Oh, he's got that safety help. The safety, I guess, mm-hmm. the safety mm-hmm. would help too. Uh, sure. It was Sean Rogers, and I don't think he faced a suspension for it. 
Well, I mean, I guess though the only thing I would say is that, like I said, the earlier incident with the uh, with the hotel uh, employee that uh, that Bradham is accused of assaulting. I wonder if I do wonder if that's going to have some kind of an, kind of an effect on on what the NFL decides here. It doesn't sound like the Eagles are going to impose any discipline on their own, so it would have to come from the league, right? Um, um, and so speaking of guys who've gotten in a little bit of trouble, how about uh, Lane Johnson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lane Johnson um, had his appeal heard this week, and it looks like that he'll be playing here in week five. Um, as we record this, there has still been um, no decision on the appeal. So um, I think we were hearing uh, before the bye week that it looked like Lane Johnson um, would be able to play against the Lions here in week five because the decision wouldn't come down in time. But um, we expect to hear it could come at any time. It could come to it could come on Friday. It could come on Saturday. And uh, and then the Eagles could be without Lane Johnson. And so uh, Doug Peterson made a little bit of news this week. I actually as think the- that they have a week that they need to take a week. I thought that that was uh, something that I read. That, so since his appeal was, I think Tuesday was it. So yeah, it was definitely be, definitely be safe for this week. Um, but oh, sorry, okay. go ahead. No, no, that's good. That's good info. I didn't. I hadn't seen that. So, um, so if that if that's the case, then yes, he'll be available for for Detroit. Um, so, any changes in the offensive line that the Eagles are going to have to make without Lane Johnson uh, get pushed to next week. But uh, as I was saying, Doug Peterson did make a little bit of news this week because. Um, he mentioned that the Eagles might not go with the original plan, which was to move uh, Barber over to right tackle and bring Wisniewski into Barber's spot at left guard. The Eagles are considering installing Halapulavati Vitae at right tackle uh, instead of Wisniewski. And, um, and Wisniewski was asked about it this week. He's none too pleased about that potential. Um, What do you, what do you make of that situation? Well, he was, um, Boy, he he was sort of an interesting case of free agent. I think that it was, it was a, I guess, a rare moment of candor from a free agent who I don't think garnered the interest that he was hoping. Um, I mean, who does? But you know, he um, he came out and said even even when he was signed that he was here to play for his next contract. Um, I don't know if that rubbed them the wrong way or if he just simply isn't playing well enough to really merit. Like this isn't a guy you have to get on the field, but either way, uh, I think that you know he's been pretty clear that he's here to play to pad his resume to try to go after a multi-year deal next year because you know as you recall the Eagles signed him to a pretty cheap one-year deal um, and and now he's not going to play so yeah I, I mean that's really the sort of thing that I would come to expect from him I mean he's uh, well he's an NFL son uh, his dad was a uh, center for the Raiders for a long time and. Um, yeah. You know, he just comes from sort of a football family, so he probably knows the way that it goes. But uh, yeah, I, and as far as as far as the actual news, it sounds like someone listens to the podcast because I was suggesting that you try to keep Barber at a uh, left guard and try to put somebody else in it at right tackle. And I think I might have even suggested Halapulavati Vitae. Um, yeah. By the way, he has two brothers named Kevin and Will. And we, and we got Halapulavati. And he got Halapulavati. I guess it's some family. Uh, it's like his dad's cousin or something. I listened to an interview with him. Interesting guy, but I thought that was funny. Kevin and Will and Halapulavati. <laughs> well, he was the team's fifth-round pick in the draft this year, and um, he's apparently been impressing the coaching staff and saying he's gotten a lot better since uh, since training camp. And, you know, I think we tend to forget sometimes, Matt, that, you know, these guys don't stop learning and don't stop getting better once training camp is over. You know, it's not like once training camp is done and the preseason is done okay the improvement stops and the learning stops I mean these guys continue through practice and through coaching can continue to get better during the first few weeks of the season during the course of the uh, 
you know, the, the first half or the first three quarters of a season. And a player, when they enter training camp, can be much different in week four, week five, week six. And even though we haven't seen Vitae play at all, um, it makes some sense. And I, as much as Vitae and, and maybe how much better he's gotten, I think you hit the nail on the head last week when we talked about this. Barber's played really well at left guard. And I think they want to try and find a way to keep him there it, just so you don't have to disrupt two spots on the offensive line. If you're only disrupting one spot, that's obviously better. Yep. <laughs> um, I guess enough. the only other thing I the only other thing I'd add is that uh, it seems like with guys like this they tend to get kind of colored but in fan perception um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and preface this by saying I don't think that that's productive at all but um, th- uh, I think that when you ask people about Halapulavati Vitae and about his play people will probably say oh boy he stunk in the preseason and then when pressed they'll just bring up that one play where he thought it was going to be blown dead so he didn't move and yeah. he didn't hear or he didn't hear the snap or, or whatever the deal was. But, you know, something was a little bit off on that play. And so he didn't move. And people are like, oh, does this guy even know how to move? <laughs> I think I think we're well, I'm here to tell you that he knows how to move. You know, oh, great. So um, I think that so like I was saying these, this this will color your perception of a guy. And I don't really think that's fair. And, and I think you're right. I think that point's well taken that, that he's he's continued to learn the coaching staff. They have earned our trust at this point and so if they sort of think that it's a smart move to put in the you know this this dude at right tackle and and see what we got i mean there's nothing keeping them from moving barbie to right tackle next week you know or sorry you know the following week or even at the half or you know even in the middle of the game and you know you stick him over there with brent selick who's you know does a good job and i don't know I, i don't it's i have a hard time feeling like really nervous about it Right, and anybody worried that Wisniewski being upset is going to be a big problem? You know, he's Wisniewski was signed for depth, and I think he thought maybe he was being signed for for something else. But it's it seems pretty clear to me that the team thinks Vitae at least uh, warrants some consideration for this. So it'll be interesting to see um, what Doug Peterson decides to do if Lane Johnson does get the suspension we're all expecting him to get um, starting in Week Six. Yeah, um, I actually wanted to circle back to that too because um, yeah. Les Bowen. Ta- talked a little bit about uh about how the you know the nflpa and the nfl announced some new joint anti-doping policies this week and uh one of the things that they mentioned was they specifically mentioned banned peptides um so peptides are generally if i have this right peptides will either trigger the release of hgh basically peptides in your system means that you've been taking an anabolic steroid that's Mm -hmm. typically what the deal is now peptides i think actually mean a lot more than this but anyway so they were like uh you know this is this is now banned the implication being that previously maybe it wasn't banned maybe it was like sort of a little bit up in the air i know that this anti-doping thing has been going on for a long time with very little going on but i was sort of theorizing back then that you know he immediately called out the union he explained look guys you told me to use this app you pay me to play football not to think about what an app does and doesn't do and and you know all this stuff and you know i've done everything right and like come on isn't anybody going to stick up for me and then we had the whole weird long process you know and people people theorized that maybe we were keyed into it a little bit earlier than usual but i'm not so much sure that that was it i think that you know this might have all been hung up with them hammering out this doping policy and seeing where lane fell in it and i just wonder if we aren't in for some good news 
You know, well, I mean, this whole situation has been so weird with the timing, how long it took uh, for the test to come back. And there's nothing about the Lane Johnson situation here that's gone by the book. So you're, you may be right. I mean, it, it's I, I think it totally could go that way because you can see maybe that that argument could work. It, it is it is somewhat of a convincing argument that, you know, it, but on the other hand, you know, it's it's kind of like when you get pulled over for, uh, you know, for going past the speed limit and you honestly didn't know maybe the speed limit dropped from 55 to, to, to 45 or something, you know, you're still, if, if you're going over the speed limit, you're going over the speed limit. You're going to get, no matter how good an excuse you may have. So it'll just kind of depend, I guess, what the arbitrator, you know, thinks of the whole situation. And if they get an arbitrator who is sympathetic to that argument, yeah, I think we maybe could be looking at a, a reduced suspension and maybe even no suspension at all. That's, I think we certainly, you know, keep our fingers crossed for that, for sure. Let's look ahead to this week against the Detroit Lions. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the guys who is really looking forward to this game is uh, the Eagles defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. He's going to be making his uh, his return to Detroit. Obviously, he was um, he's he's got a lot of himself in that city still as he was the head coach for a number of years. Um, and uh, it was kind of funny. I, I, I remember um, when he was the when he was with the Bills and uh, they went back into Detroit when he went back for the first time and uh, got a victory over the lines and they carried him off the field after the game um, I bet he hated that yeah I'll oh, just hate it I'm I sure he huh? hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it just he doesn't I, seem I like did. the kind of guy who wants to be picked up he'd be like oh, put me down all right uh. yeah yeah no but I mean it's I the the quotes from the players leading up to that game were that he was so fired up he was so fired up and I think if there's any worry at least on the defensive side of the ball of a letdown going into this uh, football game I don't think there's any way Jim Schwartz lets this defense go into Detroit with, with any kind of a thought of letting down. Yeah, I don't either. I think he's definitely going to be bringing his A game, and he knows a lot about these guys. You know, he's going to know all the weird stuff about Matthew Stafford. He's going to know. Um, I think he made a joke about how Calvin Johnson's on Dancing with the Stars right now, but I think <laughs> yeah. even more than that, you know, his players will probably respond to him as far as you know, as far as that stuff goes. But he's got to he's got to really have a bead on on who on this team is any good and what sorts of stuff you can make Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford's an unusual player. He's a, he's as, even as far as the whole like big armed guy goes, he's like sort of an odd, like he's, he's like a, like a, a weirder, better Jay Cutler. So, you know, I think that he's going to be bringing his a game. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we can, we can talk more about it, but yeah. So what do you think? No, I agree. I mean, I initially, you know, I thought the buy, the buy week came at a bad time for the Eagles, but you know, if, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna have to take the bye week when they did, I think Detroit is a real good team uh, to to have to face because they're they are really struggling right now. One and three on the season, um, they've lost three in a row. Um, this is only their second home game of the year. They've they've played three road games and only one home game so far. And the one thing that I do think is interesting is that um, in their losses, they 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 haven't lost by much. Uh, they lost to the Titans by one point um, in week two. Um, they lost in Green Bay by a touchdown in week three and then lost to the bears last week by three points, but you can't lose to the bears. You just, I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't lose. I don't care if it's by three points or, or two points or 30 points. You, you can't lose to the Chicago bears. Um, oh, and that, and that Packers game, that was a late touchdown. Um, that was a, I think a punt return for a touchdown that, right. that brought them back up. Cause they were two scores down there late. 
Right, right. So, so they, that game wasn't as close as it looked, and and obviously they looked really bad in losing to Chicago. Um, so I think this is a team that the Eagles can have a lot of success with. Um, and you know, I the Eagles. They played in Detroit last year, and um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of the both of a lot of with both of these teams has changed uh, since Thanksgiving Day last year. I think Thanksgiving Day in Detroit when the Eagles got blitzed 45 to 14. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was the game where everybody finally first realized Chip Kelly may not be the answer for this football team. What, what was your thought after that after that massacre last year? Um. Man, I'm trying to remember if that was the Michael Kendricks game or not, but uh, I think it wasn't. Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty bad one. Um, and you know what? They followed it up with that Patriots win, but right. Uh, yeah, that was gross. Sanchez. Uh, oh, right. That was the one. Um, that was uh, Calvin Johnson's big game was, when everybody yeah. gave up on Eric Rowe, and uh, I guess <laughs> I guess the team caught up to that eventually. But you know, that was uh, that was one of those safety help games. But right. um, yeah, that man, that was that was a really bad game. I think I I think I stopped watching that game and went and just ate. Yeah, no, because it was it, it got out of hand early. I mean, you mentioned Mark Sack, Mark Sanchez was sacked five times. Um, I have a clip of that just so that uh, folks can remember what that sounded like. Here it is. You'll love this. Third down and nine. Sanchez is sacked. Should be an Aguilar. He's showing that he's limping around. This one's knocked out of the hand of Sanchez, recovered by the Lions and Ansa. Here's Sanchez dragged down again, Tulloch. Third down and four, and Sanchez takes another sack. And then, uh, in case anybody wanted to relive Calvin Johnson's eight catches for 93 yards and three touchdowns, uh, here is some sound from, from that from last Thanksgiving. Protected here, pass is caught, that's Calvin Johnson. First down play, wide open Calvin Johnson. Another first down. Calvin Johnson across from the rookie row. That's where Stafford goes, he's got it for the touchdown. End zone, touchdown Calvin Johnson. Johnson is there for the touchdown. But like as we said, Matt, a lot's changed. Um, Billy Davis is no longer the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. Jim Schwartz is. There's uh, no more Chad Johnson, and um, you know we. There's no Mark Sanchez behind behind center for the Eagles. So lots of differences between this year and last year. Do you think though that the Eagles feel like? you know, some sense of wanting revenge for, for last year, because this isn't really a rivalry in any way. Yeah, I think you could definitely say that. I mean, there's a, there's been a lot of turnover on this team. I mean, that was a Mark Sanchez team. And now we're talking about a Carson Wentz team. I mean, this is how many degrees of separation. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm sure that the guys up front, they remember, they remember how, you know, how crappy they felt when they turned turn around and saw Calvin Johnson scoring again. I'm sure that I'm sure that the defense is more fired up than the offense, especially because, well, I don't know. I don't know how the offensive guys really stomached any of it, but they probably just want to put it all behind them. Um, so, so as far as it being a revenge game. Yeah, I mean, I think we, what we're two for two now, right? It was two, two people we've talked about and two, you know, is that the storyline we're going with this week? 
<laughs> with the revenge game, the yeah. revenge matchup from Thanksgiving. I, you know, I, that's what I was asking because I, I haven't really heard it talked about a whole lot. It's been, it's, I think I've seen a couple of the beat writers mention it once or twice, but I haven't heard the players really talk about it a whole lot. Um, you know, I don't think it's really been built up now. Maybe like the, the, the Sunday morning NFL preview shows will delve into it a little bit, but this isn't a marquee matchup on the, you know, on the docket for this weekend to begin with. So, um, so I, you know, to me, to me, it seems like, you know, it would be a little bit of a revenge matchup, but it doesn't have that feel to me. You know, it feels more like it's just like a, a Jim Schwartz and, uh, and Tullock homecoming as opposed to we need to get him back for last year. Yeah, and Tullock's not really, I mean, he followed Schwartz there, but he was, uh, he was at Tennessee before that and he followed Schwartz to, to Detroit. So, um, where he was, right. He was with Schwartz in Tennessee. Right. You get the idea. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it will be nice to sort of go back and, and really, really stomp him. But I think the, the big thing I think going into this is that the Lions are missing a lot of key starters. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we wanted to get to this yet, but you know, the, yeah, no, great. Go. The Lions are missing a lot of key starters. Uh, Ziggy Ansah is out. Eric Ebron's not playing. And uh, I think we all saw that clip of Eric Ebron uh, last week of him just standing around. <laughs> <laughs> while, yeah. the, while the play got blown up and him, he's having a cup of coffee or whatever. But, um, you know, he's a big weapon in the passing game. Obviously, that's why they drafted him, you know, over so many people. But um, I think over Odell Beckham. But mm-hmm. the uh, they, they are missing a lot of people. And, I mean, that wasn't a good team to begin with. I, I guess we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later. But, you know, I think that the, think the Eagles should really have no trouble, especially, you know, if they go in motivated like we think they will. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the one of the big advantages the Eagles have this weekend is the health uh, because the Eagles had the bye week. Just about, I mean, the only person who was even somewhat limited in practice, um, at least on Thursday, as we're recording this on Thursday night, was Benny Logan. Um, and I don't think he's expected to miss the game at all. Um, but you look at the Lions, I mean, uh, like you mentioned, Ansah didn't practice. Uh, Don Carey, their safety, didn't practice. Ebron didn't practice. DeAndre Levy, their linebacker, didn't practice. Um, they're without their top two running backs, um, uh, Amir Abdullah is out, and Dwayne Washington didn't practice as well. So they signed, uh, what they signed Mike James off the off the street this week to try and uh, serve as a little bit of backup. I mean, um, and their best wide receiver Marvin Jones um, is dealing with a foot problem, and they benched Golden Tate last week. So, I mean, as is two weeks ago, we were talking about the Lions and Matthew Stafford in this Jim Bob Cooter offense as a pretty dynamic offense. Now, all of a sudden, you look and they are without a ton of guys, both on offense and defense. Yeah, this has never seemed like a well-coached team. I just wonder if it's something in the in the air or, I don't know, you know. The, in the Jim Caldwell. Yeah, well, even under, <laughs> look, even under Schwartz, they were not a well-coached team. I think if you go back and look at them, they've led the league in penalties like a lot. Maybe, maybe the Bills have bailed them out or, you know, other Rex Ryan squads, but man, oh man, they they were bad last year. They were bad the year before. You know, they always had just a lot of penalties, a lot of really sloppy play. And I think you're seeing it. I mean, Golden Tate was benched because he got Stafford picked twice, I think. You know, yeah. he's just standing around or he broke left and he was supposed to break right. And obviously the coaches felt like it was a big enough problem that Golden Tate should have a seat. Um, I'm sure he's not happy about it, but I'm also sure he's cashing a big check. So, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, um, I mean, this is this this is a team on the ropes. Uh, you know, I I haven't looked at it recently, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that Jim Caldwell has flown on up the charts as far as uh, betting on who gets fired first. 
No, yeah, he's definitely in the hot seat. And you mentioned the penalty yards. Uh, Detroit has actually had more penalty yards assessed against them this year, 370, than they have rushing yards, 369. So that... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not that's not the kind of differential you, you want to have there. Man. By the way, Jim Caldwell has moved up to fourth. He is a plus eight hundred for the first one to get fired. Who's a, who's ahead of him? Uh, Chuck Pagano is number okay. one. Mike McCoy is number two. Gus Bradley is number three, and Jim Caldwell is number four. Rex Ryan was, I think, number one there for a moment. Um, and uh, well, as far as those guys go, I think Mike McCoy. The Chargers pretty much said we we were going to fire him, but we're busy. I think that's what they said, so I'm not sure why he isn't higher, but hey, maybe you know, maybe that's the type of job security we all sort of aspire to. Oh, I'm, yeah. too, I'm too busy to replace you. <laughs> that's great. You know, that's uh, well. I mean, hey, as long as you you, you stay on the stay on the sidelines as long as you can, no matter what the reason. Um, so, what do we expect from Carson Wentz this week, Matt? Um, we haven't talked about Carson at all yet. I mean, it, it seems like we have to at some point bring up Carson Wentz on the podcast because he he is. He, you know, he is the difference maker. I mean, we're not. I, I think we're all expecting the 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 turnover the turnoverless streak to end at some point. Um, is this the week? Do you think this is the week uh, he suffers his first interception? I don't know. No, I mean, there's not going to be anybody to pressure him into making a mistake. There's not going to be anybody to to make a play if it's available to them. You know, the the, the Detroit on the back end is not really it's not really a strength. Um, I guess uh, what they have Glover Quinn and they have uh, Darius Slay, but you know those guys have a lot of name recognition. But I don't think either of them have been very productive so far. So. I don't know. No. And I, and I guess the other thing I would say is that this could be a game that gets out of hand, you know, so as far as, you know, the game script goes, the, the Eagles could, we could be looking at another, you know, 40 rushing second half kind of thing. So, yeah. You know. And yeah. No, I was going to say, too, I mean, and what we've seen out of the defense is, you know, in the second half, that defensive line really gets after the quarterback. And, you know, if the Eagles don't have to really worry about much of a running game, um, you know, they, that can really it just seems like a matchup that's made for them. Matthew Stafford, when he gets into a rhythm and he's protected, he can really he can slice and dice you, even if he doesn't have great talent around him. He, he's a pretty good he's a he's a pretty good quarterback when he's protected. But I think in the second half, you're going to see what you've seen in the first three games this year, an Eagles team that just kind of really gets after it and wears, you know, just when they keep coming after you in waves after wave after wave with some, with solid bench guys, it could get, you know, it could get ugly, you know, in, in the second half, if, if the, these two teams keep trending the way they've been trending. So, I mean, as we, so as we look forward to the game, Matt, is there any one matchup you're looking at in particular? Yeah, absolutely. Taylor Decker versus Brandon Graham. Whew. That is going to be some home cooking. Brandon Graham is from Detroit, so you know he's going to be fired up to be there. <laughs> and um, But even more than that, Taylor Decker is not built to handle Brandon Graham at all. Brandon Graham is going to lift him up off of his feet and place him down on top of Matt Stafford. And that is going to that is going to really make it hard for Matt Stafford to throw the ball. Like Brandon Graham is so strong. He's I think you could tell me that he was, you know, pound for pound the strongest 4-3 defensive end in the NFL. And Taylor Decker is like, you know, he's big and he's okay, but his technique is bad. I mean, there's a not there's a lot not to like about this guy as far as and he's and he's starting at left tackle. He had one of the biggest whiffs I've ever seen. Um, there in the preseason, there was a gift that made its way around where, you know, uh, man, what's his name? 
uh, is it Charles? Uh, Charles? No, it's Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson of the Bengals was just like, "Excuse me," and walked right past him. So you know, Brandon Graham will get his hands on him, and, and it's over. If Brandon Graham gets his hands on most guys, it's over. But like Taylor Decker is, he's not really strong enough. He's not really long enough. It's gonna be there's going to be a long game for him. So I I would say that if I was gonna make a specific prediction, I would say that Graham is going to get, you know, over one sack. Let's say, you know, maybe he gets one and a half, maybe he gets two, maybe he gets one and a half, but it's three half sacks, you know, one of those types of things, or, you know, maybe he just pushes other people into the willing arms of whoever, but this dude is going to wreck their game plan early on, and at, by the time the second half gets around, it is going to be out of hand. That's a good matchup. I mean, I do, and I agree with you. I mean, Brandon Graham has played lights out football so far this year. I think he's been, would you agree that outside of Fletcher Cox, maybe he's been the best defensive lineman so far this year? I don't know if I would even say that outside of Fletcher Cox, I think that he's been every bit as good as Fletcher Cox. Yeah, he's really, he's, he has turned it on for sure. Um, the matchup I'm looking at is uh, the Eagles running backs against uh, the, uh, the, the, the Lions defensive front because um, they allowed rookie uh, running back Jordan Howard to run for over 100 yards against him on 23 carries last week. And, I, I, you know, maybe Jordan Howard's a really good player. We haven't seen him. He's only, you know, he made his, his debut last week. So, um, you know, it, we don't know exactly how good he is. But, um, you know, I think we've seen, and, you know, the Eagles running back picture is a little bit up in the air. I think uh, uh, Ryan Matthews, last I heard, um, they're planning on using him as the starter this week, and he's expected to have his usual workload. But we saw Wendell Smallwood, and we saw Kenyon Barner uh, step up and 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 play well, um, and and you know run the ball pretty effectively, especially in the second half. You know, and I think you could see something similar to that uh, this week too. I just don't know which of the running backs, whether it's going to be Matthews or Smallwood or Barner, um, is going to be is going to end up with the most yards. But I, I think this is a matchup the Eagles running game can exploit as well yeah i think that's a good point um and i especially think that you know like as i as i said as the as the game flow kind of dictates the you know the running game getting going could really help us put this one away and maybe by the third quarter we're all sort of kicking back and flipping over to red zone every once in a while yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll make our prediction on this game um, towards the uh, towards the, uh, the the end of the podcast. Um, uh, we have a couple phone calls we want to get to, but before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that uh, BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. It's live TV in the palm of your hand. Um, I, I've been using this more and more, Matt. Like I, uh, for the Ryan Howard uh, goodbye ceremony last weekend, um, I was Comcast Sportsnet in Philadelphia is now on. Clip it and that has been invaluable to me because I was using it for the Ryan Howard ceremony and you know tweeting out when he was crying talking to the fans and you know with the Flyers and the Sixers now getting in getting in gear it's going to be great for posting Joel Embiid uh, video and um, you know for for all the Flyers Ghostus Bier stuff and you know whatever it's having Phillies having the the, the Philly stations um, on Clip it is going to be awesome for what we do um, so I mean I know you've used it I use it it's 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 pretty awesome you can make 30 hd clips uh 30 second hd clips and share them on facebook you can share them on twitter um use them as part of your blog posts to to make your stories pop it's uh it's very cool clip it uh make sure you, you can get it on uh, on your iphone you can get it um on any other handheld device make sure you have clip it on your phone because then you can you know, share uh, 30 second hd videos really top quality videos um from everything going on in the world of sports um all right, let's head to the phones here, Matt, uh, because uh, we have a couple people call in this week. Um, I wanted to chime in. Uh, let's head first to Alex from Seattle. We want to hear from you. Message 
Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. What's up, BGN Radio? This is Alex from Seattle. Diehard Eagles fan since day one. But a question about Michael Kendricks. Uh, just curious about, you know, if there's any trade details, maybe rumors. I know there's a guy named Navarro Bowman who's out for the year for the Frisco. And uh, I don't know, I'm just curious because with that amount of playing time Michael Kendricks is playing and that money he's being given, which was given by... Dave Kelly, just want to elaborate about that and, uh, you know, see what you guys think about that. All right, man. You guys have a good day. Thank you. So, Matt, Michael Kendricks, um, I, you know, he's asking about Navarro Bowman, um, a trade of Michael Kendricks. You know, I think, you know, everybody's been talking about, will Michael Kendricks get traded before the trade deadline? Um, what's your take on the Hendricks situation? Is, is he going to be here the whole year? Oh, who, who would trade for him? I don't know. I don't know. Um... It's funny when you talk about trades. I think that there's like a couple of different kinds of trades where it's like, this guy sucks trading for three firsts. You know, that's one. Uh, there's another one that's like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's what's going on here. I don't think Kendricks isn't playing well. Kendricks played nine snaps last game. Coaches tell you what they think. And then other coaches listen to those coaches. You know, coaches tell you what they think with their actions, you know, with few exceptions. And even those are generally explained, like, why did Ryan Matthews play so little? Because we were killing the Steelers, um, you know, stuff like that. But I don't know who would want who would want Michael Kendricks. Like, look, we don't even want Michael Kendricks and we're right. supposed to like him. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's looking out there and is like, you know what we need if we need this guy who can't crack the Eagles. So it's kind of funny, you know, it's like at the end of. At the end of training camp every year when NFL when NFL teams make their roster cuts, you know, and you see, you know, these are guys that teams are throwing away. And and yet the fan base seems to think these are guys, the Eagles or whatever fan base it happens to be. We need to go get this guy. You know, I can't believe the Jets cut this guy. We need to go get this. I mean, there's a reason he was cut. He's probably not very good. You know, and it's the same thing with Kendricks. You you said it perfectly. You know, I mean, we're of all the teams in the NFL that's supposed to want to like Michael Kendricks, that has the most invested in Michael Kendricks. It's the Eagles. If he was if he was a productive and a good player, he'd be playing more. But you know, it's he's got a big contract, and he he flashed as a potential star player a couple of years ago, and it hasn't it hasn't worked out. I mean, but you're right. I I don't see I don't see what kind of trade value he has at the moment. So. Um, I think he's. I think he's probably here for the rest of the year, not doing a whole lot. Um, he. Uh, I think he plays all four core special teams, though. So shouts to him. <laughs> That's right. All right, and uh, one more caller. Let's talk to Lawrence in California. Hey, BGN Radio. This is Lawrence Rouse calling from uh, California. Uh, yeah, basically, I'm a huge Eagles fan, and uh, I love. I'm over the moon as to how things are going right now, obviously. But I, I do have a, an interesting question. Um, so we traded Sam Bradford for a first-round pick for next year. And Minnesota, obviously, they look like they're doing pretty well. Hopefully, we'll beat them. That'll put them lower in the standings. But uh, what kind of position of a player would you pick at the, with that first-round pick? I mean, that's going to be one of the top 32 players in the in the draft. I'm thinking either it would be an offensive lineman or a cornerback. Uh, I'd like to know your guys' opinion on uh, as to uh, 
what type of player, wide receiver is perfectly acceptable for me too. Uh, what type of player you guys would pick? Um, just very curious. And uh, as always, go Eagles. Uh, hey, let's get to the playoffs this season, see how far we can get. So, yeah, picking in the draft next year. Oh, thanks, by the way, Lawrence, for the call. Uh, it's good to, good to hear from you on the podcast once again. Um, yeah, so picking in the draft is, um, you know, there are two schools of thought. There are some people, Matt, who, who really believe that, you know, if you have a weakness on your team, no matter where you're picking in the draft, you, you, you target a certain position. Um, but there's another school of thought that thinks something completely different. And um, I think I know which side you come down on. But um, – uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on targeting a specific position in the draft? Yeah, well, I'm against it. Um, in general, whoa, uh, sorry. Um, I, <laughs> big real, big revealing shock there. Yeah. Whoa. Anyway, um, I'm against it. I think that um, it's not really. Uh, I think it was uh, Greg Cosell this week was on one of the Eagles podcasts, and he was talking about how every year it seems like the, the Lions come out and they've just checked a lot of boxes. We needed this, we got this. We needed this, we got this. We needed this, we got this. And, you know, I think there's a, a handful of teams that that describes, but um, those teams never seem to be very good, do yeah. they? You know, you always right. think like, man, that's great. Look, they needed a starter, and they got one in the fifth round. And then before you know it, they're like, what were they thinking? They had no starter. They took some fifth-round rookie, and they were hoping he'd start, and he's terrible. You know, and, and <laughs> this is the sort of thing that happens a lot. So uh, I guess I guess my answer would be um, – well, I'm sure everybody's going to want to say tackle because, you know, we could be looking at the twilight of Jason Peters' career, although he's still playing at a high level for a coach he doesn't hate. So, you know, shouts to him. But uh, <laughs> I guess I would have to say, you know, just just glancing over this class, this seems like this is a strong defensive back class and this is an exceptionally strong running back class. I know a lot of people are calling and asking about the running backs. What do you think of this guy? There's a lot of star power for sure. You know, Leonard Fournette. Um, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, there's there's a lot of them. Uh, here I am. Like, like, for example, I sound like a guy who doesn't know who he's talking about as opposed to a guy who's very tired. Uh, Dalvin <laughs> Cook. Uh, there's another one. There's a third one. Look, leave me alone. The point is, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of star power, a lot of name recognition in, in this uh, running back class. And, and running back's obviously a position where the Eagles are sorely lacking in star power. You know, skill position, uh, star power in general. But I think that the, the temptation would be, you know, look, if, if Dalvin Cook or, you know, Royce Freeman or one of those guys is available there at number 32, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say, like, no, let's take a, let's take a safety. Although maybe, but um, so I would I would definitely target one of those two classes, uh, one of those two positions, not because they're positions of need, but because this is a good class for them. Right. So it's not a bad thing to target a position, but you don't want to position the need of your team. You want to look at the positions of strength and and kind of understand, well, you know, if if you know, if, if secondary is particularly strong, you know, you can probably get a first round talent in the second round. So you may not need to get that guy in the first round kind of a thing, too. Yeah. And they are they're looking they're They're pretty uh, pretty pretty sturdy amount of draft picks here here suddenly so um and heck if we get that those three firsts for michael kendrick's like uh like we think we might <laughs> we could, could really get the rich get richer here yeah we're tying it all together tying the two <laughs> phone calls this is synergy i love it um yeah yeah well, listen, thanks for the phone calls. Uh, keep them coming uh, every week on the podcast, uh, whether you know it's, it's me and Matt or, or John and the boys doing it. Um, uh, obviously, love to hear your, your thoughts and your questions about, uh, about the birds. And um, uh, let's move on, Matt, and um, let's do some game picks for this week. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell. 
and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Well, we haven't even gotten to this yet, but um, the Cowboys, Des Bryant not playing again. Um, so take a look at the at the Bengals-Cowboys. Uh, Bovada has the spread. At, uh, Bengals are one-and-a-half-point favorites. They're on the road. Um, the Bengals have been playing okay. You know, I don't know. And the Cowboys, uh, well, whatever. You know, I hate those guys. So obviously <laughs> I'm going to pick against them. But, you know, I think that, first of all, with a line like that, that's like basically an even line. You know, it's very hard to win by, <laughs> by less than two points. So... Um, I would th- say go ahead and take the Bengals on that one. That's going to be my pick. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals to win and to cover. Uh, so in order, other words, to win by more than one. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Bengals, uh, Tyler Eifert, I guess, suffered a setback. But they seem to be doing okay. You know, that running game is, is going pretty strong. And um, the defense is playing is playing a little bit better. Uh, they got Vontaze Burfecht back. And, um you know the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are due. I think this is the sort of game where we might start to see, you know, especially with Lyle Collins going on IR and um, you know everything that's going on. Tyron Smith still not playing. I mean, this could start to be the game where where stuff really starts to come unraveled for the Cowboys. Yeah, and um, by the way, Tyler Eifert, get back on the field. He helped win my fantasy league for me last year, but this well, year, he's not I, doing it this year. No, he's not going to do it this year. I don't. I'd be. I'm starting to think guy might not play at all this year. The way things are going. Anyway, um, I, I I normally never pick a team that has a big that is favored by a lot that's a that's a big favorite but i'm looking at tom brady's first game back and i'm looking at patriots browns and i don't care if the game's played in cleveland it can be played on the moon i think the patriots win this by more than a couple of touchdowns i think this is a pretty you know if you're gonna take a big spread if you're gonna take a a big favorite especially on the road uh the patriots are 11 and a half point favorites in this one i don't care it's the browns and tom brady's for tom brady's gonna be out for blood and i think you can see tom brady throw for 400 yards i think they i think the the foul i think the patriots get up into the 30s easily and I, i don't think the browns are gonna are gonna uh, come back off of that especially the Patriots are coming off a, a shutout loss um, to the Buffalo Bills I think they're gonna come back and they're gonna bounce back in a big way so I like the Patriots to cover the 11 and a half you know I'm always sort of wary of big spreads like that but yeah I am too I normally never go there but I think you know Tom Brady's first game back it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a show uh, I guess the other one I'm taking a look at is the um the uh, the Falcons versus the Denver Broncos. Now the Broncos are playing incredible football right now, but the Falcons have really been coming along. I mean, obviously we all saw Julio Jones. He had I think what was it, 700 yards? Yeah, uh, say, in, yeah a just a little under. Yeah, it's just short of the 700 yeah. mark. Um, We're per- rounding up. We're a perfect up. game in bowling. Uh, <laughs> that makes right. someone really mad. Uh, but yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> This. So, I, you know, the Falcons have been coming along. This could be this could be an interesting one to watch. And the Broncos, they're favored by a touchdown. You know, it's at home. Um, but the, the the I don't know, man. I was not a believer in the Falcons, but the last couple of weeks, they've the, that offense has really shown me something. You know, back to back forty point games. Just you know, the defense is whatever. But you know, if that if that potent offense can go up against this this great Denver defense and come away, I mean, they could easily cover a six point spread if not win. Yeah, no, and I think um, you know we've we've seen uh, the with what Julio Jones can do, and 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 Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has played well um, early in the season, uh, the last few seasons, and it, and it kind of tends to to go away from him later in the season. But I, I think that's a good call. I, I, the fact we'll see. I think we'll get a real good sense this week if that Falcons offense is for real against a very good Broncos defense. Um, the the other game I had was, and I'm gonna you know I 
I don't normally do e- the Eagles for these kinds of picks, but the Eagles being three point favorites on the road, um, I think that's a I think that's a low line. I mean, I know, you know, basically that's uh, that's you know being a three point favorite on the on the road is like being a six point favorite at home. I mean, but you know, I I don't think the Eagles lose this game by less than a touchdown. You know, I mean, or win this game by less than a touchdown. I think they win this game easily by more than three points. Um, you know, I don't. I don't see this as being all that close, and I certainly don't think the Lions are going to win this thing outright. So I would. I feel very good taking the Eagles at, at minus three on the road. Yeah, uh, you got a final score prediction. Final score prediction. I do, in fact. I got Eagles thirty, Lions seventeen in this one. Mm, that's good. How do you get to thirty? They. I don't know. Teams somehow get to thirty. Uh, they get twenty. Yeah, I guess tw- that's three 21. touchdowns, three field goals. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I've seen yeah. it happen before. I've that's all I know. That's good. That's good. Um Yeah, I like that one a lot. Oh, I was going to say. All right, I'll take um let's say they return to form and they score 29 points again. <laughs> and <laughs> 29, huh? 29 again, and I'll give the I'll give the Lions just a measly 13 points. Short on weapons. Stafford is short on time. Uh and I think that the uh, I think that the, well obviously the Eagles are going to win this one big but I don't know if they really are going to get anything going I mean they really won't get the run game going unless you get those those sort of ill advised throws that happen and no one can believe it from Stafford and and let's be honest I think he's going to be on his ass most of the game um, yeah the 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 Lions can't hang uh, I I have it almost it almost doesn't seem fair you know so uh, yeah that's what I'll that's what I'll go ahead and say I'll say they're going to score twenty nine to thirteen. All right, so we both see the Eagles moving to 4-1 and one, uh, and doing it pretty easily against the Lions. Um, looking forward to seeing Carson Wentz get back out on the field and Jim Schwartz uh, get carried off uh, by a group of maniacal uh, Eagles defenders. Um, that'll wrap up this edition of BGN Radio, episode 192, brought to you by Clip It. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you all next week. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours. I'm going to try my best Johnny impression here, so we'll see how this goes. I'm going to go with, hey, what happened? Yeah, hey, what happened? I got a real wet wagon. <laughs> I can't do my work. I can't do my work. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe. <laughs> now you got me thinking. Maybe. <laughs> oh, God. That... All right. No, I'll try. I'll try the Johnny intro here. And uh, and uh, we'll, we, we'll... so we got we got a bunch of feedback. Well, some feedback that was like, dude, that's weak. Um, oh really? Yeah, it's just sort of what inspired me because I was like, "Fine, yeah, it is. It sucks. I'm bad at it." So yeah, let's double down on it now. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just like, give what you want. I'll just say some shit. So okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Let's do this thing.